Hey, listener, we would love it if you could take a quick moment to give our podcast a review on iTunes, Spotify, or leave us a message on our Facebook or LinkedIn pages. Hello, and welcome to the Our Community Listens podcast. My name is Adam Zalgit, and with me is Sarah Weisbarth, Leader of Curriculum of Improvement and, and Development for Our Community Lessons. Sarah, how are you doing today? Adam, I always say that I'm doing well, but I kind of joked with you earlier that I am just, I am just walking life and struggling to understand people and connect with people and um, really like face what's going on in our world like everyone else's, regardless of my title and my knowledge. <laughs> That's totally fair. I think you said it as you're just another person struggling. And I totally relate to that. (laughs) We do have a guest with us today. I'm super excited to welcome in Angel Moore. She is the Director of Mentoring Programs for Big Brothers Big Sisters in the Great Lakes Bay region here in Michigan. And she's also an Our Community Listens facilitator and has been for a couple years now. Uh, Angel, how are you doing? And welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Um, Any day that I can get up and spend time with good friends discussing important topics um, that will help change the world is a good day for me. So I'm feeling pretty excited about this today. Our listeners can't see it, obviously, but behind her, she has the word inspire on her office wall. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what we bring you today. Hopefully it does bring you a bit of inspiration on how to handle acceptance and agreement. Sarah, why don't you tee us up a little bit more? Yeah, those are some really, really big words. They're really big concepts. Um, even just as we you know, go to Google what they might even mean or be defined as, it is hard. It is hard to get our hands around, our heads around, or even our hearts around this concept of acceptance and agreement. The way we present it in our core curriculum is that we don't have to agree with the position of another. We don't have to agree with their behavior. We don't have to agree with their belief system, their values. We don't have to agree or be in alignment or truly just agree with their opinion. But if we want to value that relationship, if we want to value that person, if it's important enough to us, if we're going to address problems in that relationship or even um, grow in that relationship, what we do have to do is the hard work of figuring out how to accept that person for the amazing individual they are, for the value that they bring, um, for their perspective, for their knowledge, for their experience, and accept that their truth is theirs, regardless of our opinion and where we're coming from. And even as I tried to like explain it, it's, I just feel like I just made it sound bigger than I even started out talking about it being. <laughs> I feel like it is such a big concept though. Like, you know, like it, on one hand, it sounds simple. Okay. If I love you, then like I can accept you. But all I keep thinking over here is like, it's so easy until you're upset. Right. Or until like your need isn't being met or until somebody, something is happening that is affecting you directly and then it's like okay how do I still be aware of caring for that person first and then addressing that issue second together you know I don't know it's it is a big concept but such an important one I think 
so let's talk a little bit about breaking it down maybe because when things get so big my sister always says how do you eat an elephant and she says one bite at a time so the concept here is just simply look at it in small increments and in the end hopefully you've completed your task so let's talk a little bit about what does it take what does it take to to accept someone or get to a point of agreement potentially if if your mindset needs to change or not if it needs to change, but if you choose to change your mindset about something after being educated, um, what, what does it take to get there? Sarah, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, there's two things I want to share and one's a story. Sure. And one ties back to a, a concept we have in our core class that we love to call the onion slide. First, I'll start out with the story. Um, when I share this concept in class, this is actually the story that I share. Um, and it involves around my stepson, Zach and his dad, my husband, Greg. And back when uh, Zach was a young man um, in his late teens and early 20s, he was making some choices and behaviors that his father and I could not agree with. Um, they didn't align with our values. Um, they were very concerning to us. Yet we came to this understanding that we could not control his behavior. And I'm using my fists right now, kind of pounding against each other we were spending a lot of time just butting heads and arguing and fighting and struggling. And we realized that we were struggling against Zach and we weren't really able to come together in a way that addressed maybe the real problem. Mm -hmm. And I vividly remember looking at my husband and saying, if we don't stop battling Zach as a person, if we don't shift towards just accepting that this is where he's at, these are the choices he's making, we might not agree, but if we don't come to a point of accepting him for who he is and the value that he brings, we will lose him. And it, like, if I'm talking about it conceptually, I would say we would lose the relationship, but the truth is we would lose Zach my stepson, my husband's son, an amazing individual, incredibly creative, wonderfully brilliant. And we would lose him if we could not come to this point of like just accepting that this is where he's at right now, whether or not we agree. That's what acceptance and agreement is about. Do you wanna keep the relationship and address the problem? Or do you wanna be right <laughs> and keep the struggle. It sounds like you guys um, really had to look inward then to think about what it is that you knew you wanted to keep, which was the relationship with Zach and what it meant for you guys then to be able to move forward to keep that. Um, and in some respect, I'm sure you were kind of looking at it as trying to learn more about what, why he was making decisions he was making and to, uh, to understand, right? So I, what does it take? Education? Well, I guess first, first thing it takes is the want, right? And, and looking with it inward and then education. Yeah. And you're, you're really tying back to Angel and I had a conversation yesterday morning about all of this <laughs> um, as it relates to people's needs and their values. And so when you say taking a look inward, right? Like we had to take a look inward and say, why are we so upset about his behavior? 
what need of ours, what value of ours is not being met. And if we remember going back to our core content, we talk about the onion slide and it, it starts out with that core of at the center of all of us are our needs and our values. And those needs and values then shape our attitudes about the world, life, how things should be. It really shapes our opinions. And the short form is from our opinions and our attitudes, we then have behavior. We always have a choice. That's probably a topic for another conversation, <laughs> but that's what drives behavior. Every behavior is an expression of a need. So if my needs and values are different than yours or are different than angels or different from all of the people that I am going to interact on any given day in any type of environment, the chances are really, really low <laughs> that all of our needs and values are gonna line up equally, which means our opinions about things, our attitudes about things are going to be different and so is our behavior. So yeah, the first thing is I have to look inward I have to also check my motive. What's my intent? Do I want to address the relationship? Do I want to address the problem? Do I want to be right? Like, what's my motive? And then some knowledge and understanding of what is that other person's needs and values? Where are they coming from? And it sounds so easy. And like, I have a really cool graphic that can describe it, but it's freaking hard work. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Angel, is there anything you'd like to add in, in this kind of, in this space right now? The one thing I've been, I'm like writing notes over here because I always learn so much from Sarah and you too, Adam. So I'm like, oh, I just want to capture it all. But two things that really stood out to me, um, especially when it comes to this whole concept of acceptance versus like agreement is, am I really listening? Because I think sometimes, like, I think that's like the first step is to really just be in a space where you're able to and willing to listen to the other person to even be able to hear and learn about those values and where are they coming from like you keep talking about Sarah because I think sometimes we focus so much on that small detail of like the behavior or the problem that you know like we turn our ears off and we don't even listen to hear you know what are what are they going through what got them them to that point of that behavior right like where's our empathy to try to see like you know, I love that new expression, instead of asking people what's wrong with you, asking them like what happened to you. And so coming at things from that place of empathy. Um, and then the second part, the second point that I wrote down that I thought was kind of funny is, um, you know, thinking about your, you know, your relationship with your stepson and how important that is, right? So that gives you a reason to want to seek that acceptance um, even more. But then it's like, okay, what about in situations where we have to interact with people and we need to learn to accept them um, for who they are when maybe we're not as close to them or maybe we don't have that warm and fuzzy relationship um, that we might have with other people. And so how can we still keep that front and center, even when we're dealing with people we don't know, you know, just as like human to human, how do we accept others um, that maybe aren't in our inner circle, um, but they're still human and they still matter. I am, um, all I'm thinking right now, Angel, is like Facebook, the news, media, um, you know, I would never, well, I can't say never, depending on my, my ability to choose wisely, but like, I feel like I would choose better about firing off my opinion toward someone that is close to me, right? You and I can have conversations that are, could be from a different point of view because we're willing to try to understand and our relationship is important to us. But that person on Facebook that's got a running commentary, it's easier 
to fire off on that. It's easier to yell at the news and it's easier. We see it all the time. It's easier to call people names and um, assert our rights and tell them that they don't matter and just spew judgment, which is really just our opinion, like on everything. We're seeing it happen. And the, the, um, the struggle and, and the, the division that's happening because of it, it bothers me. <laughs> yeah, me too. It does. You know, a lot of people sum it up as keyboard courage. It's the idea of you're at a keyboard and you've got the courage to say whatever it is because they're not in front of your face. They, first of all, couldn't physically touch you if it if they decided to be that type of person to 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 do that kind of thing so you have the opportunity to say whatever you want and go about your day a moment later and not really think about that person again if you don't want to um, because you won't see them but a lot of people and i heard a uh, sportscaster talking about this when he was talking about what his kids put on social media and he's like would you say that to your grandma <laughs> and if more people took that to heart, I, I, we, we could live in a much happier space on social media where maybe it wasn't so uh, vicious and rude and uh, unnecessary uh, name calling and a lot of vitriol. So it's really intriguing. Um, we were talking earlier about is it, you know, are we addressing the relationship? Are we addressing the problem? And I feel like so often, um, the quick answer, I was going to say easy, but I don't think it's an easy answer. The quick answer is when someone within our social media feed is sharing something or even someone that might be in personal interaction with us, if they have a differing opinion, we just cut them off. We unfriend them, we unfollow them, we stop showing up to their house for family gatherings. Um, it, that seems to be the quick response instead of saying, okay, well, how can we grow in this relationship so that we can address the problem together and bridge that divide? My wife and I have talked about that same kind of thing. The idea that you could just unfriend somebody and why keep them in your newsfeed if they're bothering you, or maybe they're saying things that might be overtly racist. And you wonder to yourself, well, I I don't need to accept that because I perceive that as being racist. But if you try to look at it from their angle, it's difficult sometimes to know if they are truly stating something that they feel is racist or if this is just the general belief that they, they have been raised in. And so it's what I'm trying to say is we have had this discussion about this blurred line between accepting what they believe and what what could potentially be defined as racism or a bigot being a bigot um those it's difficult at times to know when do you need to drop out and when do you need to fight for and those are some pretty heavy topics is a lot different than just do you like strawberry jam or, or grape jelly you know like there's it's it's deep-seated personal beliefs that come into play and so what I, i'm not expecting a definitive answer from either of you about this because i don't know if there truly is one but it's hard sometimes to know the difference between do i need to move this person away from me because i 
simply don't believe what they believe because I believe it's racism or is it simply just they have a differing opinion and it's not necessarily meant to be against a certain culture or against a certain race. It's a tough conversation that her and I have had. It is a tough, tough concept. And um, next month's topic (laughs) is on choice. Right. Because where this leads to then is you do get to decide how you want to address those situations and those relationships. and it all stems from, it, it, it's, it's still going to stem from your needs and your values and a conversation with your wife about hers and how do those align within your relationship and then how do you address others that you interact with. And it's doing the tough work. Angel's nodding because she's like, we just talked about this yesterday. <laughs> yes. Do you want to elaborate, Angel? <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, I think like Sarah nailed it with the whole concept of like, you still have a choice, right? Like no matter what each of our values and beliefs and and our backgrounds are, we still have like that choice on ultimately how we're going to show up in the world. And so it is interesting. And I do think it's a hard time right now, right? Like, like we said, it's a complex topic, but um, you know, I can, I, I would just love to share just like a little like personal, like my personal reasoning for like why I'm so passionate and so excited we're having this conversation. So I grew up biracial. Um, my mother is Caucasian and my father is Italian and African-American. And so um, I grew up, they were divorced. Um, and so I had a very unique perspective um, on being exposed to like different cultures and different concepts and different ideas. And so right now, you know, it's really interesting to see, you know, how things are kind of playing out in the world. And so something that I like keeps coming back to me that is like so important is like right now, like what people need is empathy and people need love, and they need understanding, and I feel that for people on both sides of all fences, and I know sometimes that's like a really hard concept, right, like, you know, if somebody does something wrong, oftentimes we want to punish them, or we want to yell at them, or lash out at them, you know, especially right now, you know, that the word racism is is being thrown out a lot, and I think we have to be careful, and I think that we still have to even if we really disagree, like fundamentally disagree with somebody, how do we still show up from a place of empathy and understanding to try to see it from their perspective? Um, And I know even in my own family, we've been having a lot of these tough conversations about, you know, how do we challenge our own thought processes and our own biases? Like we all have biases and sometimes we don't even know. Um, And so I think the best thing we could be doing is having these conversations that may be tough, that may be uncomfortable, but really coming to it from a place of, of understanding and humanity, I guess is kind of my thought. And I know I have so many, so that that's what I have for right this second. It's it's really great advice though, that you brought up the word challenge and that's kind of what I was alluding to, you know, the idea of trying to challenge, challenge myself and the idea that I can't just write someone off completely until maybe I know a little bit more. And so that's, that's where I'm trying to come from. Now, if you start learning and you get that education, you might decide it is, it would potentially be time and you, and you would have to move away from accepting their behavior as something you want in your life. Right. And that does happen at a time at times. And and then that's what shifts towards choice, which we'll talk about next month, right? Like you can't accept it. Can you change the situation or can you ask them to change their behavior? Like that's all it comes down to. It sounds simple, super simple, right? Again, I can I can diagram it for you and I can bullet point it and even kind of flow chart it for you. <laughs> but 
but it requires us to do some tough freaking work. And the change begins with me. Like, I think we actually mentioned that last month, like at the end of the day, the change has to begin with me. And that word challenge that Angel brought up, do I have to challenge my bias? Do I have to challenge my belief system? Do I have to be like, ooh, hmm, I wonder why I'm valuing that. Is that how I was taught? Do I still agree with that? What's my need? Is that where, am I getting that need met healthy, effectively? There's so much stuff going on. There was a comment about um, an image of a politician holding up a Bible. And I was in a conversation and the individual said, like, I, I was trying to find out on Google, like what their intent of having that image taken was. And I said, well, I don't think we'd ever understand anyone's intent for the behavior until we start to understand what need they're trying to get met and what value they're expressing. As simple as that is, that's where people are coming from, their needs and their values, and they're all different. So how do we come? Angel's talked about it several times. Like we listen, we empathize, but we also move towards like an understanding of one another so we can go somewhere together. Adam, you said something before we started recording about like standing on one side of a bridge, like shouting at the other person, like help us understand what you were talking about in that imagery. I've always loved the phrase about meeting someone where they are and then taking them where you want them to go. In certain cases, I think taking them where you want to go is a little bit more of a parental, a parental guideline because we're trying to guide our children more than we are trying to guide adults. But this idea of meeting them where they are is if you visualize you're standing on two sides of a river and there's a bridge between the two, you could stand on the other side of the river and just yell at them and tell them to come over, cross the bridge, get on my side. But you could also cross the bridge to their side, listen to them. And if you decide once you have sat and you've listened and you've accept, you know, done your best to accept what they believe to be true, what their truth is, you can decide if you want to stay with them where they are or if the two of you want to head over to the other side, or maybe you just want to head to the other side. I mean, it's really the concept, though, of giving the opportunity to say, I'm not just going to stand on the other side of the river and yell. I'm going to come over and we're going to talk. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to give each other the opportunity and the space to do that. Well, and it's, it's, where, we place, it's where we place the problem, I think. Um, like, I, I don't know if I, if I run with this imagery, I've, I'm seeing like the river is the problem, right? I'm, sure. I'm picturing it like this major rapids and like uncrossable and just dangerous. And it's this horrible problem, which I think we could all come up with an example happening in our world right now that could be the river. <laughs> and if I just stand on one side and shout, chances are you can't even hear me because the rapids are so loud. The problem is mm-hmm. so big. And all I'm doing is screaming and yelling and my needs not getting met because you're not hearing me. You're not understanding me. So I scream louder. You're screaming from your point of view, from your side of the river. And the problem is still there. The problem's still there. Angel, is there any more you'd like to add when it comes to, you know, why, why does this matter? I think for me, um, 
I always kind of laugh. Sometimes I struggle with judgment, right? Like I think a lot of us by nature, like we think we know why people behave and act the way that they do. But at the end of the day, we really don't know until we get curious and we try to sit down and listen and find a way to accept them and, and, and learn more about them. And I feel like in my own life, since having, you know, learned some of these skills and have, you know, tried them out, it's amazing to see how much closer you can grow to people. Right. And I think for me at the end of the day, like I can't help, but keep like in my head, I keep hearing like all people are hurting, right? Like we all hurt and maybe we don't all hurt at the same time or in the same ways, but you know, just thinking about the fact that like other people are hurting how I feel when I'm hurting and I wouldn't want other people to feel that way. And so it's so important to me that like, how can we find more ways to like accept others for who they are? Because I, you know, I would hate for anybody to ever have to feel alone or feel attacked or feel defeated or, or whatever, whatever those emotions might be simply based on my behavior or my refusal to try to accept them as a human being. And so that's something like I have a thing right here, actually. In fact, um, it says agree versus accept. And I have a name of a person um, on my desk that I'm working on that with as like, a personal reminder to me that like I love this person and I accept this human so my behaviors and my words and my actions need to show that and that's why I just think this topic is so cool and so important because we all want to be loved right like we all want to connect with others and so if that's what you know if that's what we're looking for you know how can we give that to other people and I just think it would really help us make a lot of progress on a lot of problems you know if we cross that bridge together like you said Adam and and really try to to attack the problem the problem together. I think there was like a show and it was like one time they said something about like, it's not us versus each other. It's us versus the problem. And I love that line because it's so true. Um, and if we could view problems like that more often, I think we'd be a lot more successful. Oh my gosh. It is a really great line. Absolutely. Like, I'm like, yes, that, like, let's do that. (laughs) Everyone to do that. We would solve the world's problems and everything would be fine. I think at times uh, society or people in general, we struggle to be able to identify what is a problem and what is not. And the fact is, what's a problem to someone else may not be a direct problem for you, but it doesn't mean it's not a problem. And I think that's a, I think that's a pretty big indicator of what is going on in the world right now in my mind. Um, there are problems that are happening for a lot of people that aren't happening for others that we need doesn't mean we get to just write them off. Wow. I'm literally like observing that whole concept right now, um, especially as it relates to the concept of community, humanity, society. Um, whether it's my problem or not, it's still a problem in society of which I'm a part of. Um, and there's all kinds of things. Like I'm almost picturing an image of like the problem in the middle and then everyone trying to address the problem. There's all kinds of words we could put in the middle of what are problems in our communities, our societies, or even in our family units and our organizations and our relationships. But if we, we start coming together and in a collaborative way, address the problem, I, I feel like they would go away. I don't know. Like, what, like, I don't know. Like, am I naive? Like, I feel like all of a sudden when, if we could all put the focus on the problem instead of fighting each other right. and work on the problem together from our individual points of view, and accepting that others have different points of view about this problem, but still work on it together, then the problem would shrink. I would. Th- it, it's a. <laughs> it's a good visual concept, and uh, to me, it wouldn't make more sense. It's kind of. It's almost of the mind that uh, uh, more hands make for less work. Yeah. Um, you know, that's uh, you. If you got to dig a hole and you got 
one person digging is going to take a while. You got 12 people digging. It's going to go much faster. Well, and I think too, just to like piggyback on that real quick. I think when we think about like, I'm picturing your image that you've painted, right? Like we're all working towards the center, towards that problem. I think something to, to really point out right now is like how important and how much we should celebrate the differences of each other because everybody doesn't think like me. And some days, yeah, that might be frustrating, but it's a really good thing because people are going to think and see things from different angles that maybe we're not, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, different levels of experience. And so how cool if we could take all of those different levels of just like values and beliefs and dynamics and really like tackle a problem, like how much progress could really be made? I'm going back to Adam starting out this whole conversation about how do you eat an elephant, right? It's one bite at a time, right? Right. But like if we all, the poor elephant right now, but anyway, (laughs) if we all came out- We could call it a pound cheeseburger if you want. (laughs) (laughs) One pound challenge burger or something like that. (laughs) But it doesn't, I mean, what I'm hearing is it doesn't have to be just overwhelming for me or for one group of people to address a particular problem. If we all came together, then- and with the different perspectives, right? I'm gonna stop using the elephant analogy, but it's totally in my head. But like, you know, are we approaching it from the head or the tail or the feet or like, where are we approaching it from? And our view is different, right? Like I'm looking at this trunk, I'm apparently gonna keep using the elephant analogy. <laughs> like I'm looking at the trunk, someone else might be looking at the tail. I don't know what's happening at the tail because I'm busy looking at the trunk, but we're still addressing the same problem. Right, I'm still trying to get to the, the center goal. which is, you know, finish the elephant or or fix the problem. Yeah. And I have this whole, like, like, okay, let's tell the world that this is what we're going to do. Okay. Like, this is how it's going to (laughs) work. But I keep coming back to like Adam's point of like, but what does that take? Like, what does that practically really mean? Right. Angel, uh, as we get near end time here, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your role with Big Brothers Big Sisters and what it means working with youth and utilizing acceptance and agreement and you know how much are you seeing different kids from different walks of life trying to connect with them talk a little bit about that Yeah that's a great question I think it's huge. Um, that's why we love, you know, the skills from our community lessons so much at our agency. We've tried to infuse it with our matches, with the bigs, the littles, the parents, because we really are serving people from so many different walks of life. Um, and something that I think we really notice um, and that this concept really helps us with is with our bigs and our families, because oftentimes they're coming from very different experience levels, very different backgrounds, very different needs. Mm-hmm. Um you know, different circumstances. And so being able to help our mentors, you know, to maybe sometimes accept, you know, a situation that maybe a family is in, even though we might not agree with it, or maybe we want to make it better and we, and we can't write it right this second, you know, how do we help them to accept the kids and to love on them where they're at? Um, I think has been really huge for us and seeing that growth in those relationships, but even for our staff, you know, we we're helping navigate difficult situations all the time. And how do you continually show acceptance for the people that you're serving, even though you might be coming from different opinions and different viewpoints on something. And I think with youth, it's really important because, you know, these kids are looking for acceptance more than anything. And I think that if we can help to create environments and create situations where they can be with adults who are truly accepting of who they are while they're figuring things out themselves, I don't know, I just get really excited to see like what their futures might look like, knowing that more and more kids are having that space to 
to be truly accepted as an individual by somebody in their life. So I guess that's really kind of the way I look at it at Big Brothers Big Sisters. You know, one of the one of the strategic initiatives within our community listens has to do with inspiring youth. And that's through mentoring organizations. And we just recently had a webinar about being an awesome role model, even when sometimes you screw up. And we know that we can teach these skills to adults. Youth is a different story um, about, you know, how do we help them understand these skills or maybe have the environment with which they're experiencing these skills. But what I hear you saying, Angel, is that you're really helping people be those role models um, for those youth in a way that is going to create an environment where they have the opportunity to be inspired, just like your word on the back of your wall there. Yes, absolutely. We are, you know, we, we have so many amazing mentors and role model models that come to us from like, like I said, all walks of life that, you know, all have that one shared common goal. So our new mission um, at Big Brothers Big Sisters is that, you know, we are defenders of potential, the potential of all youth in our community. And I can't think of any better way to help defend that potential than to equip our mentors with skills like empathy and how to really listen and how to, you know, accept versus agree with people, you know, effective confrontation, all the different things that we focus on, you know, if our mentors are able to role model those skills and create situations and environments where these kids can feel listened to, they can feel heard, they can feel empathized with, they can feel loved. Imagine what the world would look like when that generation is, they become adults, if that's how they're leading our world and how they're communicating with each other as they navigate those problems in the center like we talked about. And I think that's what gets me so jazzed and so excited. I could cry right now because it is, it's it's really inspiring to see and, and, and I don't know, leaves me with lots of feelings of hope. Absolutely. I'm, I am feeling hopeful and inspired just listening to you. And it's, it's doing it one person and one relationship at a time. Um, but knowing that it will have the impact on problems that we may never, ever see the realization of. Um, but it's because we're investing in that relationship and the value of that person here and now. Sarah and Angel, thank you both so much for being on today's podcast. As always, we like to give our listeners a couple key takeaways. Sarah, why don't you go first? Uh, I will start us off. Uh, I would like to hear from all of us because I think this has been a real just collaborative learning conversation together. So I will share one key takeaway and look forward to hearing both of yours. Mine, um, maybe it's just a theme in my life right now, but the big thing for me is it starts with me. And if I am going to really do that acceptance versus agreement, Angel, I'm actually going to take your tiny habit with me and put people's names in that space and say, if I am going to work towards acceptance of this person and value this person, that means I have to do some work. I have to take a look at where is my opinion, where is my judgment, where is my need, where is my value. The work starts with me first if I'm going to be able to work towards acceptance in that relationship. So thank you for that tidbit, Angel. Um, and that is my key takeaway, but also my commitment. I love that. I love that you're making a commitment to do better, like as we wrap up this podcast. Um, I always love action items, right? Like what's our takeaway from this? And so that's fantastic. I think my key takeaway, I really just always go back to empathy. I feel like if we're ever going to be able to accept other people, like empathy is our greatest tool and being able to do that, you know, how do I see it as they see it and feel it as they feel it? And so even in those 
those moments where maybe I really disagree with their opinion or my emotion starts taking over, my takeaway is going to be trying to keep empathy front in mind and really asking myself, you know, like, what are they experiencing right now? And where, where are they coming at this? You know, how are they coming at this problem? You know, why are they coming at it this way? And what has kind of made them who they are that's kind of got gotten to the spot where we're at and just continuing to focus on empathy and love because I think that that is I don't know the most important thing we can do is love one another and so that's that's going to be really my big focus is having empathy to be able to accept the people around me so Sarah has put me on the spot I don't normally do key takeaways uh but I will piggyback on Angel and say my key takeaway is education educate yourself on what other people are going through that could be on a one-on-one basis where you just take the time to sit and listen to one person, one story and get to know them. It could be at a larger scale where you start reading about movements and trying to understand it and just take the time to do your due diligence before uh, forming opinions and listen, as she mentioned also, it just take the time to listen and uh, be there for people. Thank you both again for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Adam. You you create a space for us to have the tough conversations um, so that we can grow and, and vulnerably share that growth with our listeners. Yes, thank you for letting me join you guys this week. It's been an honor to be here. So this is awesome. If you have any suggestions about subjects for our podcast, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page. And if you're interested in taking a class, visit ourcommunitylistens.org. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And don't forget, each word, each action, each silent moment of listening sends a message. Therefore, you are the message.